I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading is Leviticus chapters 5 through 7. In the first four chapters of the book of Leviticus, we looked at the four of the five offerings that are specified in the first seven chapters of the book of Leviticus. We began looking at the fourth in the series of five, that was the sin offering, and that's, those specifications began in Leviticus chapter 4 verse 1. Now we'll begin reading with Leviticus chapter 5 and verse 1. And if a soul sin, and hear the voice of swearing, and is a witness, whether he hath seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. Or if a soul touch any unclean thing, whether it be a carcass of an unclean beast, or a carcass of unclean cattle, or the carcass of an unclean creeping things, and if it be hidden from him, he also shall be unclean and guilty. Or if he touch the uncleanness of man, whatsoever uncleanness it be that a man shall be defiled withal, and it be hid from him when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty. Or if a soul swear, pronouncing with his lips to do evil or to do good, whatsoever it be that a man shall pronounce with an oath, and it be hid from him when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty in one of these. And it shall be when he shall be guilty in one of these things, that he shall confess that he hath sinned in that thing. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin which he hath sinned, a female from the flock, lamb or a kid of the goats, for a sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass, which he hath committed two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. And he shall bring them unto the priest, who shall offer that which is for the sin offering first, and wring off his head from his neck, but shall not divide it asunder. And he shall sprinkle the blood of the sin offering upon the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be wrung out at the bottom of the altar. It is a sin offering. And he shall offer the second for a burnt offering, according to the manner. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, for his sin which he hath sinned, and it shall be forgiven him. But if he be not able to bring two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, then he that sins shall bring for his offering the tenth part of an ephah of fine flour for a sin offering. He shall put no oil upon it, neither shall he put any frankincense thereon, for it is a sin offering. Then shall he bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it, even a memorial thereof, and burn it on the altar according to the offerings made by fire unto the Lord. It is a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him as touching his sin, that he hath sinned in one of these, and it shall be forgiven him, and the remnant shall be the priest as a meat offering. So if you lived in Israel back then, you might discover that you'd actually sin without really meaning to. Well, inadvertently, you'd see. So here's some sacrificial solutions that really continue from Leviticus chapter 4 in verses 27 to 33. And these are for the regular old Hebrew people. 
These first 13 verses deal with three categories of inadvertent sin. The first being failure to testify in a case where one has material evidence to give. We saw that in verse 1. The second is accidental uncleanness in verse 3. And thirdly, a rash oath which a person fails to fulfill in verse 4. In verses 5 through 13, we see an explanation of the procedure for sacrificing for that inadvertent sin. If you sin, you confess it and bring your sacrifice to the priest, a female lamb or goat. But what if you're just too poor to bring a lamb or a goat? Well, then bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. But what if you can't afford even to bring turtle doves or pigeons? Then just bring some flour. The priest will burn a handful of fine flour on the altar, if that's all you have. We see more about this sin offering when we get over to Leviticus chapter 6, verses 24 through 30. And finally, the last of the five offerings that we see specified here is the guilt offering. And that begins in chapter 5, verse 14. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul commit a trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks, with thy estimation by shekels of silver, after the shekel of the sanctuary, for a trespass offering. And he shall make amends for the harm that he hath done in the holy thing, and shall add the fifth part thereto, and give it unto the priest, and the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. And if a soul sin, and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandment of the Lord, though he wist it not, yet is he guilty, and shall bear his iniquity. And he shall bring a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation, for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, concerning his ignorance wherein he erred, and wist it not. And it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering. He hath certainly trespassed against the Lord. Now Leviticus chapter 6 verse 1 on the same issue of the guilt offering. Verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord, and lie unto his neighbor in that which was delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence, or hath deceived his neighbor, or have found that which was lost, and lieth concerning it, and sweareth falsely, in any of all these that a man doeth, sinning therein, then it shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he hath deceitfully gotten, or that which was delivered him to keep, or the lost thing which he found, or all about which he hath sworn falsely. He shall even restore it in the principle, and shall add the fifth part more thereto, and give it unto him to whom it appertaineth, in the day of his trespass offering." And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord, and it shall be forgiven him for any thing of all that he hath done in trespassing therein. Now, this offering relates to restitution or compensation that has to be paid because of some misappropriation of property or failure in regard to material things. Here the offender is guilty of some lack of integrity or honesty in his dealings with either the priest or perhaps his neighbors. 
Whatever the damage incurred here has to be restored and compensated with a 20% penalty in addition to the sacrifice of a male sheep. We find additional instructions on this particular offering in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. We'll look at that in a few moments. Now, how about the priest? Beginning in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8, going all the way down to chapter 7, verse 36. This section of scripture outlines the requirements of the priest regarding these sacrifices that are made by the people. Now, let's do a little bit of a recap here. We saw the five categories of offerings in the first five chapters of Leviticus. There was the burnt offering in Leviticus chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. In chapter 2, verses 1 through 16, we saw the meat or grain offering. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, we saw the peace offering. In chapter 4, verses 1 through 33, and also chapter 5, verses 1 through 13, we saw the specifications for the sin offering. And finally, the guilt offering, which we just read in Leviticus chapter 5, beginning with verse 14, down through chapter 6, verse 7. These chapters serve as the framework of instruction for the people of Israel to know what they must do when they sin. Now we're going to see these same categories listed from the priest's perspective. In other words, what is the priest's responsibility when the people come to him with these sacrifices? So we'll kick this section off to see what does the priest do with the burnt offering. This is found in Leviticus chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. Verse 8, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. And he shall put off his garments, and put on other garments, and carry forth the ashes without the camp into a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. Alright, let's review the specifications of that brazen altar here in the courtyard of the tabernacle. I've included a picture of it in the written notes on BibleTrack.org for today if you'd like to take a look. You recall that this brazen altar stands about four and a half feet tall and it's seven and a half feet square on its surface. Now, consider this. The fire had to be hot enough to completely consume whatever was laid upon it. But wait, there's more. We see here that this fire had to burn 24 hours each day, seven days each week. Every morning, one of the priests had to put on his priestly garments and go out and empty the ashes of the brazen altar. After removing the ashes, he changed the clothes that he was wearing before he carried the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. This priest refueled and stoked the fire in this process, and the ashes were removed while the fire was burning. What the priest does with the meat offering? Let's see that in Leviticus chapter 6, beginning with verse 14 down through verse 23. And this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar. And he shall take of it his handful on the flower of the meat offering, 
and of the oil thereof, and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering, and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread, shall it be eaten in the holy place, in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation they shall eat it. It shall not be bacon with leaven. I have given it unto them for their portion of my offerings made by fire. For it is most holy as is the sin offering and as the trespass offering. All the males among the children of Aaron shall eat of it. It shall be a statute forever in your generations concerning the offerings of the Lord made by fire. Everyone that toucheth them shall be holy. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and of his sons, which they shall offer unto the Lord in the day when he is anointed, the tenth part of an ephah of fine flour for a meat offering perpetual, half of it in the morning and half thereof at night. In a pan it shall be made with oil, and when it is bacon thou shalt bring it in, and the bacon pieces of the meat offering shall thou offer for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest of his sons that is anointed in his stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto the Lord. It shall be wholly burnt. For every meat offering for the priest shall be wholly burnt. It shall not be eaten. Now these instructions are essentially a repeat of those found in Leviticus chapter 2, verses 1 through 16, with a couple of additions. First of all, the priests are told in this passage how they are to eat their portion of the sacrifice that's been brought by the people. Secondly, we find instructions regarding the sacrifice when it's brought by the priests themselves on the day of their anointing for the priesthood. On this occasion, the sacrifice is not eaten, but wholly offered and consumed on that big old brazen altar. Now we find, beginning with verse 24, instructions for eating the sin offering. Verse 24, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his son, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is killed, shall the sin offering be killed before the Lord. It is most holy. The priest that offereth it for a sin shall eat it, and the holy place shall it be eaten, in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whatsoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy. And when there is sprinkled of the blood thereof upon any garment, thou shalt wash that whereon it was sprinkled in the holy place. But the earthen vessel wherein it is sodden shall be broken. And if it be sodden as a brazen pot, it shall be both scoured and rinsed in water. And the males among the priests shall eat thereof. It is most holy." And no sin offering whereof any of the blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation to reconcile with all in the holy place shall be eaten. It shall be burnt in the fire. Now this offering we saw, first of all, in Leviticus chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, all the way down to Leviticus chapter 5, verse 13. It would appear from these verses that one of the big sights to see in the outer court area of the tabernacle was a bunch of the priests feasting on the sin offerings brought to them by the people. These meals had to be eaten there. Notice that no blood from these sacrifices could leave this sacred area, not even on one's clothing. Everything had to be thoroughly washed of the sacrificial blood. There was even a concern that a residue of this offering might remain on the ceramic pots used for the cooking, so they were to be broken after they were used. Apparently, for this reason, metal pots were preferred instead. 
Then we find in Leviticus chapter 7, beginning with verse 1, the guilt or trespass offering. These would be the instructions to the priest about those. Verse 1. Likewise, this is the law of the trespass offering. It is most holy. In the place where they kill the burnt offering, shall they kill the trespass offering. And the blood thereof shall you sprinkle round about upon the altar. And he shall offer of it all the fat thereof, the rump and the fat that covereth the inwards. And the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks, and the caul that is above the liver, with the kidneys that shall he take away. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar for an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a trespass offering. Every male among the priests shall eat thereof. It shall be eaten in the holy place. It is most holy. As the sin offering is, so is the trespass offering. There is one law for them. The priest that maketh atonement therewith shall have it. And the priest that offereth any man's burnt offering, even the priest shall have to himself the skin of the burnt offering which he hath offered. And all the meat offering that is baking in the oven, and all that is dressed in the frying pan, and in the pan shall be the priest that offereth it. And every meat offering, mingled with oil and dry, shall all the sons of Aaron have, one as much as another. These are further instructions to the priest regarding the offering that we saw back in Leviticus chapter 5, beginning with verse 14, down through Leviticus chapter 6, verse 7. We notice here that not only do the priest eat this food there on the premises, the priest that assisted in the sacrifice gets to keep the skin. That's in verse 8. It would seem to me that an accumulation of skins could be a significant enhancement to one's wealth. And finally, we have the peace offering found in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 through 36. And this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which he shall offer unto the Lord. If he offer it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil, and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mingled with oil of fine flour fried. Besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offerings. And of it shall offer one out of the whole oblation for an heave offering unto the Lord, and it shall be the priest that sprinkleth the blood of the peace offerings. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day that it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until the morning. But if the sacrifice of his offerings be a vow or a voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that he offereth his sacrifice. And on the morrow also the remainder of it shall be eaten. But the remainder of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burnt with fire. And if any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings be eaten at all on the third day, it shall not be accepted, neither shall it be imputed unto him that offereth it. It shall be an abomination, and the soul that eateth of it shall bear his iniquity. And the flesh that toucheth any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burnt with fire, and as for the flesh, all that be clean shall eat thereof. But the soul that eateth of the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings that pertain unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, even that soul should be cut off from his people. Moreover, the soul that shall touch any unclean thing, as the uncleanness of man, or any unclean beast, or any abominable unclean thing, and eat of the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings, 
which pertain unto the Lord, even that so should be cut off from his people. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Ye shall eat no manner of fat, of ox, or of sheep, or of goat. And the fat of the beast that dieth of itself, and the fat of that which is torn with beast, may be used in any other use, but ye shall in no wise eat of it. For whosoever eateth the fat of the beast, of which men offer an offering made by the fire unto the Lord, even the soul that eateth it shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, ye shall eat no manner of blood, whether it be of fowl or of beast, in any of your dwellings. Whatsoever shall it be that eateth any manner of blood, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, He that offereth the sacrifice of his peace offerings unto the Lord shall bring his oblation to the Lord of the sacrifice of his peace offerings. His own hand shall bring the offerings of the Lord made by fire. The fat with the breast he shall bring, that the breast may be waved for a wave offering before the Lord. And the priest shall burn the fat upon the altar, but the breast shall be Aaron's and his son's. And the right shoulder shall ye give unto the priest for an heave offering of the sacrifices of your peace offerings. He among the sons of Aaron that offereth the blood of the peace offerings and the fat shall have the right shoulder for his part. For the wave breast and the heave shoulder have I taken of the children of Israel off the sacrifices of their peace offerings and have given them unto Aaron and the priest and unto his sons by a statute forever from among the children of Israel. This is the portion of the anointing of Aaron and of the anointing of his sons out of the offerings of the Lord made by fire in the day when he presented them to minister unto the Lord in the priest's office, which the Lord commanded to be given them of the children of Israel in the day that he anointed them by a statute forever throughout their generations. In verses 12 through 18 here, we see three kinds of occasions when a person might bring a peace offering. First of all, it might be an expression of thanksgiving. Saw that in verse 12. Or perhaps as the result of a vow, as seen in verse 16. Or perhaps a free will offering also seen in verse 16. For the first of these three, the expression of thanksgiving in verse 12, we find separate regulations in verses 12 to 15. But the last two, the result of a vow and a free will offering, they're dealt with together in verses 16 through 18. Now, these offerings were eaten by laymen. Therefore, we find the rules regarding their sacredness were needed. See that in verse 19. They must be kept clean. An unclean person must absolutely not eat of the sacred meal. See that in verse 20. Now, in verses 28 to 36, we see the parts of the fellowship offering that belong to the priest. That was the breast in verse 30 and the right thigh in verse 33. You'll notice some pretty strong warnings against touching unclean animals or eating unclean food. The phrase, cut off from his people, and these verses is much debated among scholars. Most do not think that this means they were to be executed, but obviously some differentiation was made in their status after such an occasion, and it obviously wasn't a good differentiation. And whatever you do, don't eat fat or blood. According to verses 25 through 27, you see it there. That carried the same severe penalty as well, the cut off from his people penalty. 
Finally, we have the wrap-up in these uh, passages right here with regard to these offerings in verse 37 and 38. Verse 37, This is the law of the burnt offering, of the meat offering, and of the sin offering, and of the trespass offering, and of the consecrations, and of the sacrifice of the peace offerings, which the Lord commanded Moses and Mount Sinai in the day that he commanded the children of Israel to offer their oblations unto the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. I can't resist putting this into perspective the same way I do so very frequently. For those believers who still believe that they are obligated to keep the law of Moses, let me ask you this question. What about these? These sacrificial laws are just as important in the law of Moses as any other law. Take note of what verse 37 says with regard to the expiration date for these laws of sacrifice. It says, by a statute forever throughout their generations. Well, here's the good news. Jesus Christ fulfilled the requirements of the law on the cross. He said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law of the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So we see here that Jesus, in fact, did fulfill the requirements of the law when he sacrificed himself on the cross. Now, reason with this in mind. If he didn't fulfill all the requirements of the law of Moses on the cross then he didn't fulfill any of them. Therefore, either keep them all or keep none of them. But don't pick and choose through the Old Testament Mosaic law, the ones you like and the ones you don't like, or the ones that are convenient and the ones that aren't convenient. James says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. And as you can see, we cannot keep all of the law of Moses, but thank the Lord... Jesus Christ fulfilled the law of Moses when he sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.